Well, let me ask you, do you feel that you couldn't convey your emotions because of um, masculinity or because of the way you were raised? Like, why do you feel that you couldn't? Uh, the answer to that is yes. Um, masculinity, the way that I was raised, um, people's reactions in the past. Um, you know, it's reactions. That's mine. Yeah. I you know, you. it's everybody's, everybody's cool with a person when they're happy, but when a person is struggling and they're not doing so, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, comment on something a lot of the times, you know, I dealt with people are like, yeah, no, that's, I, I don't want to deal with that. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, uh, the other one was, oh, well I have it so much worse and it's like, oh, okay. So, you know, right. my, what I'm, what I'm dealing with is apparently not, you know, worth talking it's about. It's time now for something positive. We might be headed to the promised land the of promised speaking land, the truth the land. and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. Problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience. Of conscience. Because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the finale. And that's why we're here. And that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Frankly, I know we've got to do something. Welcome back to Thursday. How you doing, Jeffrey? Busy. Been busy for a while. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to ask you how your therapy was going. It's been going pretty well. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where um, I've made a lot of good progress, but I still got a lot more to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of it has been just, you know, that whole, you know, I, my mindset has changed a lot, you know, thanks to doing EMDR. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and it, I felt things click in a very wild way. Nice. Um, People were really interested in that episode. I had to go back and listen to find out what was so interesting. And the only real major interesting thing was your therapy. You know, and that's the thing is like therapies, therapy is good for you. And especially like, you know, like, like I had talked about, you know, for a while, like I felt stuck, like I just wasn't progressing at all. Yeah. And so when I was able to finally you know, find a therapist that did EMDR, something that, you know, is a lot more heavy duty. Um, it was a bit surprising, you know, because I wasn't expecting it to click like that. I wasn't, you know, uh, you know, and, and we'd had a lot of talks about it was, you know, there's some expectations. Some people, it, you know, some people have these, you know, crazy clicks that happen fast. Some people, it takes a number of sessions. I mean, realistically, if you have a number of different things going on, it's going to take a number of different sessions. And so it's going, you know, it's, for me, it's that realization that there are, it's going to take time. It's going to take a number of different sessions to work on all the things that I need to work on. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is, is that I know that I have had great progress and it's just a matter of time and learning and just trusting that process. Hope until there's hope. Pretend there's hope until there's actual hope. That's been my philosophy this week. 
for me, it's it's never been to pretend that there's hope because you know that's when you find yourself most disappointed. It's been to just keep working and mm. keep trying different things. Because I mean, realistically, like I was at a point where I was really frustrated because I just felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. Right. Like, like, you know, for a long time, it was like I was exhausted in the morning when I'd wake up because mentally I was just completely drained. Yeah. When I'd get home from work, I was just mentally exhausted. I didn't want to do anything. Yeah. When I would when I would go to bed, I was mentally exhausted and it was just trouble to sleep. And so a lot of that has lifted. I don't yeah, like yeah. I've been exhausted for the last couple of weeks simply because like I've had to work three positions because we got one person that quit and mm-hmm. you know people need vacations and so I've been having to fill in a lot of different spots. So that's been difficult. That's been very exhausting and very tiring, but I still haven't felt that mental exhaustion when I come home and don't want to do anything, you know, like I was feeling and, you know, and it's, I'm still, you know, I'm still learning and still working through all of that. So that's, that's, that's something that, you know, there's, and there's a few other things too, like being able to, you know, express my emotions more and being able to, you know, really communicate about, what's happening for me and, and what's going on in my life. Yeah. It's just not something that, you know, I've really ever done, well, never okay. really been good at. And, you know, 30 some years of not being able to, you know, express yourself in that way. It's difficult to learn how to do it, you know, you know, in comparison to somebody who has been able to do it and been able to express themselves for longer and, you know, I find, you know, it's, it's frustrating for me because like, you know, it's like trying to pick the right words, you know? Yes. Um, I agree with that one. I used to tell my wife, I'm going to say something ridiculous and you're going to tell me to calm down and repeat myself. And I'm going to say something stupid and you're going to forgive me and ask me to calm down and repeat myself. (laughs) And eventually it's going to come out right. And that's, and that's the struggle for me is, is like, you know, trying to find the right words because, you know, like anything, it's like, I don't want people to interpret what I'm trying to say, you know, as something against them or, right. you know, it's, it's that I'm, I'm struggling to find the right word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I told the, my roommate, accurate. I told, I looked at my roommate and he's like, what? And I was like, nothing. And he's like, what? And I was like, I just realized that snippy is funny to me because of the irony, but it is in no way funny to you, the butt of the joke. So I apologize for doing that. <laughs> mm. That's fair. Well, because I do that, like I'll, I'll be like, why are you doing that? You know, I like, I'll judge him for doing something stupid when I just don't have to like, but sometimes little things happen that catch my eye and I pay attention to them over time. And when I see it, it's just weird to me and I want to call it out, but mm-hmm. it's just as much fun watching it. And it's less fun making somebody feel bad for something silly, you know? Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a grand learning process, yeah. you know, and trying to figure out everything, you know, about myself, everything that I need to learn everything that, you know, I need to be able to communicate and it's still, it's still a work in progress and, you know, but at least, at least the therapy itself is going well. Well, let me ask you, do you feel that you couldn't 
convey your emotions because of um, masculinity or because of the way you were raised? Like, why do you feel that you couldn't? Uh, the answer to that is yes. Um, masculinity, the way that I was raised, um, people's reactions in the past. Um, you know, it's reactions. That's mine. Yeah. I you know, you. it's everybody's, everybody's cool with a person when they're happy, but when a person is struggling and they're not doing so, you know, they're, they're trying to, you know, comment on something a lot of the times, you know, I dealt with people are like, yeah, no, that's, I, I don't want to deal with that. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, uh, the other one was, oh, well I have it so much worse and it's like, oh, okay. So, you know, right. my, what I'm, what I'm dealing with is apparently not, you know, worth talking about because it's somebody else has it worse. Yeah. And, you know, it, those are all things that have been on me for a long time. And, even though those things have been on me, like I still had a duty to try and communicate those things. And I just didn't and couldn't and still struggle with it. So it's, it's just kind of take time. If you tell somebody you're sad, they take that personally, don't they? Like they haven't done their, their role as a friend or like they're, you're accusing them of not being there enough when you're, they're the one that you trusted enough to confide in, you know, that's what I always find. People take my, you know, pleas for help as personal, like they're failing. And I, and I, that's how people disappear in my life. You know, that's, I would say there's definitely a part of that. Um, you know, some people certainly, you know, have felt that way. It's like that it's a referendum on them. Um, some people honestly you know and this is the one that i've had to learn is is that just uh, everybody's got their own thing that they're going through and some people just don't have the emotional bandwidth to deal with your stuff on top of that's a good point yeah and 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 so like there was that element of me taking things personally it's like you know oh well this person just doesn't have the time for me i'm not worth it and it's like you know having to relearn and reframe and sit down and go you know what maybe this person has their own things that are happening in their life and they just don't have the bandwidth right it's like trying to teach a turtle algebra you know it just it just doesn't have that capability and so like that's that's something else that i'm having to learn as well is is that yeah you know there there's been a lot it's it's been it's been a lot to learn and to put it into practice and and you're fuck only it halfway, up and fuck it up only, and fuck it up and you're only halfway there jeffrey that's the problem you got another 35 years of this at least <laughs> maybe <laughs> i don't know unless they start turning people into soylent green at 50 you got a ways to go mm, soylent people I, there was a there was a thing on what was it on american dad where and he was like by the time i'm your age i want to be dead for 10 years <laughs> and i was like yes that's how i feel right now <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's, okay. I mean, that's, that's, it's a, it's a tough one. And, and, you know, recognizing that, you know, there, there are also a ton of other things that I have to work on too. You know, one of the things that I've always done is I've always beat myself up about things that I have, you know, done wrong or even perceived that I've done wrong, you uh-huh. know, that's, and that's a tough one because that takes a mental toll on you as well. And, yeah. you know, it's, 
it's 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 one that I have to work on simply because it's like that's that's not or that's not a healthy response. That's not feasible. That's not workable. You just end up doing more damage to yourself in the long run. And yeah, it's like you know you have to be able and willing to go. Wow, that sucked and that was dumb. Well, let's let's learn from this and move on. And and that's something that consistently I've not done well. And so mm, that's I, that's something that I I. I know that's on the on the plate for you know my therapy session this week. Nice. I when when I was talking to Patrick um, about addiction, I that was a point I made is that when we do something wrong, we penalize ourselves, but nobody ever comes along and says you've paid your due. You know what I mean? Like we could spend twenty years beating ourselves up for a minor thing because we just never could get past it because nobody ever said you're done. Stop. Move on. You're beating yourself up for something that happened a while ago. Absolutely. And and I think that's maybe, you know, that's part of the recognition is, is that, you know, you don't need somebody to do that. You right. Don't need, you don't need somebody to, you know, it's not somebody else's job to say you've, you've paid the price. Right. You know, or, you know, because number one, who the hell are they to say that you've paid the price, you know, in, in some regard, but in others, it's, it's that, you know, it's your job to take how you feel about something, yeah. learn from it, incorporate the lessons and move forward. Do you want people in your life that are going to make you pay a price for your mistakes? You know, like I've always wanted to be the bigger person when somebody screwed me. I realized it was their life. They weren't aiming at me. They were aiming past me and I was in the way. You know, So, so anybody out there that feels like they have to crawl on broken glass because they hurt me in some way, you are free and cleared. Please stop hurting yourself about it. Seriously, same. Um, you know, and, and, and now, now I also have to learn that lesson too. You know, yes. and, and that's, that's just my reality is, is that, you know, I've seen what work, what this work can do. And now it's like, okay, let's start working on the other things that I have hurt myself over, you know, countless times. And let's, let's go from there. Right. Clean it up as it comes up. Right. Yep. Like we, and, we try and suppress stuff like, ah, I don't want to think about that right now, but maybe we should take five minutes to think about it and rationalize it and get past it. Right. And and that's one of those things where I think uh, <clears throat> I'm, I've definitely been guilty of that, not, you know, being able to think about it, rationalize it and get past it. And yeah. now I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm forcing myself to work through it. But on the other side too, it's like, there, there are other things that I, other changes that I've been making in my life too, to help Ooh, like what? bolster that. Um, started taking a probiotic nice okay see if that won't help with any number of different digestive things that have gone on in my life um cool. let me know uh, how that goes it's, it's going so far so good like um let's see uh they never I, helped me but they never hurt me so i just stopped taking right them. um i also started doing like a little morning workout routine just something real quick before i hit the shower that's huge that's something i need to do move so <laughs> so i started that last week and you know it's one of those things where you know part of me is just you know it's like do i have the motivation to do this and i've had to learn how to say fuck motivation just do it yeah just do it find the motivation later because it's it because i realized that if i if i'm going to sit down and, and worry about motivation i'm never going to get it done right yeah 
No, I, that's something I need to learn is movement. Because when I wake up in pain, then I go through my day trying to mitigate the pain when I could just exercise and proactively loosen my joints. You know what I mean? Right. So that's, that's something that I've started doing. I'm only a week into it. So wow. we'll, you know, it's about building habits. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about we'll, building habits. Small. We'll see how that goes, you know, um, simply because it's, it's, it's something that I've needed to do and uh-huh. you know, it's, we'll see how it goes. I like the idea of doing one thing, see if it works, do another thing, see if that works. You know what I mean? We all try and like do everything at once. And then it just, it, it, we don't know what worked and what didn't work. You know, like I got rid of fructose, but I replaced mm-hmm. it with fruit, which is still fructose, but that doesn't bother me. Right. I got mm-hmm. rid of, I got rid of glu- gluten. I got rid of gluten. Like, and I replaced it with whole grain. I can eat a whole grain bread. I can't eat processed flours. You know, like I got rid of corn. I got rid of lactose, except for like mm-hmm. you mentioned once, like hard cheeses. And I was like, well, I'm going to try cheese. And cheese in in the amounts that it's sliced doesn't hurt me. So it was all these little changes, but I didn't do all that at once. Well, this week I actually was like fruit salad and salad. <laughs> and that's what i did and it it, i felt really good in in that regard but also you know i I had the herniated rib thing (laughs) that i spent a week fixing and it's just just this morning i used a different attachment on my massage gun and i was like oh okay so i'm getting somewhere there you go yeah and and i mean it's I mean, for me, I've always been the incremental change person. It's it's yeah. always the, it's like, you're going to do this thing. You're going to turn this into a habit. You're going to turn this into something you do every day. Yeah. And then you'll be in. And once it's just a part of your routine, then you'll either add or change something else. That's always the way that I've been. And yes. recognizing that is some of some part of it is annoying because part of me is, is like why in the hell am i having to do this this is mm. fucking stupid yeah yeah but another part is like the whole it's like you know what no it needs to be done this way because if it's just a part of my you just get up and you do it or you just get home and you do it if you just you know whatever it happens to be mm-hmm. you know it my day is less stressful when it's just something you do yes um rather than something you have to try and make time for and that's i think where part of my whole issue with motivation comes in because then it's like oh well i don't have time for it because i haven't you know it hasn't become a routine habit of something that i just do right and knowing that about myself uh, you know it just it's frustrating but at the same time it's like well I've always, this is the way I've always been as a, as a kid, I was the same way. It's like, if I had a schedule, if I had a routine, I was just, you know, on it, on it, on it, on yeah. it, on it. But the moment that that just disappeared and dissipated, it was, it was trash. It was, it just wouldn't, I just wouldn't get anything done. It I just can't, was, I, I can't do anything if I didn't do the first thing in my routine. Like if I can't wake up and take a dump, I can't do anything else during the day. Cause I'm like, why didn't I take a dump? <laughs> <You know? laughs> So it's, so, so it's, you know, just understanding, you know, what my, how I work, how I function, yeah you know, and an analyst. Yeah. And, and it's, it's difficult because I just, you know, 
part of me wants to be able to just like do whatever the fuck ever and and have that just work and the other part of me is like that has never worked for you and you know this right. you know this it's like you're the same person who you're trash for the day if you don't just if the first thing you don't do is get up and shower or if not if it's right. not one of the very first things that you do you know exactly because then you, your routine is, I'm a routine guy. I create routines and then I perfect routines, right? Like, like you know, I, my body knows when I'm going to eat next. The whole world knows is when I'm going to eat next. And to me, it, it drives me crazy that people don't see that. Like the people in my life, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, what are you doing? I, I'm eating. I always eat at this time. Like, I didn't even think about it. Like, I just, I'm here and it's this time i didn't i don't think about it but other people are like well i was going to do something well if you were going to do something and you know when i'm going to be there because of my routine you know <laughs> you know how to avoid mm -hmm. me right so then i assume people are not trying to avoid me they're trying to trick me in some way by by getting in my routine and then i start to get negative about that and then i have to relax and realize it's not other people's spontaneity it's my routine that needs to be adjusted <laughs> right and so like for me it's like that's me. you know that i think that's that's always one like the tough part of like when work gets the most stressful for me is because it fucks up my routine yeah. you know work you know i work so much 15 minute break work the rest lunch for an hour work so much 15 minute break work the rest of my day yeah. and and when I have to adjust my routine because of, you know, any number of different things, it fucks up my day. And it's, you know, that's part of it. You know, You're a man. You're an old man now. <laughs> it's like, fuck. But I've always been that way. That's the thing yeah. is, is like, like, I was always that way, you know, and, and uh, when it comes to work now, fun is a different story, but even then, it's like, I've never really been good at that. It's been like, okay, once I've gotten all of these other things done that suck, uh -huh. now I'm going to do the fun thing. And then I'd get pissed and upset because I wouldn't end up having enough time for my, you know, quote unquote, to do the fun thing. Right. You're like, God damn it. <laughs> I always and, do my routine and then I, I start working on tomorrow's routine. <laughs> You know I mean, what I mean? It's, it's crazy. You know, part of my part of my ending of the day routine is to set up for tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, God. Right, because if you can prepare for tomorrow, it makes tomorrow easier. Except that you have to prepare for tomorrow, and it makes that easier. But it makes <laughs> it makes every day, every yesterday, so full, right? Because you're always preparing mm -hmm. for a day. But I can tell you that because of my routine, if I go down for a day, I'm good. Like I don't prepare two days ahead of time, right? But right. I know what I'm eating today. Yesterday, I I know what I'm eating today. And tomorrow, mm -hmm. today I'll know what I'm eating tomorrow. But I never plan that far ahead in my life. And that I don't know if that's an issue. I don't think I, think, I should I, plan too far. <laughs> well, and, and the thing is, is like I think one of the one of the nice things like of having done like some of these meal kit boxes has actually been like it really has made the routine of making dinner a lot easier because yeah. it's not me trying to go, all right, what the fuck are we all going to eat today? What does everybody want? Try and go through all of that. It's like, here are your four choices. Mm. Start the week off, pick one, make it. It's right. like, all right, well let's, you know, and so instead of having to gauge whether or not somebody's actually going to like it or not, it's, mm -hmm. this is what you're having. You know, these are the portions it's all set and made out. And you know, it's taken a lot of that, that trying to 
figure things out for everybody else or thinking that I need to figure things out for everybody else off that, off that mental plate. And it's like, okay, cool. Just do this. It's like, you've got all this stuff here. Just make it happen. That's that, that was my problem for a long time and still kind of is if I'm going to eat, I have to make sure everybody is eating for some reason. Like I don't like people watching me eat. So if I make sure everybody eats, then they're not going to come for my food. So I I try and prepare. Like, when did he eat? Did they eat? Are they done yet? Everyone, everybody's done. Then I'll go eat because then I know people aren't going to come at me for my food. And I also eat food that people don't want. People aren't going in my fridge for spinach. You know what I mean? Right. You know. So so there's definitely like there's definitely been some there's some some things that have drastically improved yeah um certain parts of my life and there are certain things that you know i'm still working out um of course that's the way it is yeah it's it's definitely like life is a learning experience a long 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 learning experience and sometimes you end up with lessons you don't want to learn but you gotta you gotta learn them anyways you know and i think that's my past has been one of those things where it's like anything that I haven't wanted to deal with because it just, you know, number one, it's not on the routine. Right. Uh, number two, right. it's, it's, uh, you know, just difficult. You know, I have buried it and never dealt with it. And yeah. that's not healthy at no. all. Uh, uh-uh. the first, and the first part of that is learning to say no sometimes. Well, you know, or learning that you, there are just certain things you have to do and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you just have to understand you just have to accept that it's going to change your routine and you're just going to have to get used to it you know and and i think that's you know it's one thing when it's a short term like a short term thing like i complained about the last two weeks simply because it's like you know i was all over the place like my Mm -hmm. routine was trash (laughs) like yeah yeah like okay you're doing this one thing in the morning this week but then you're doing it in the afternoon the next week and no now you got to do this thing but you can't do it in the morning because you're over here but you got to get it done in the afternoon and then no wait you've got your normal stuff that you're supposed to be doing and it's like yeah and that's where your mind goes and you have a hard time focusing on anything else until you get your routine noted in your head right right and and when you're when you don't have that routine that you know it's like you know for me it's like okay you can't do certain number of things and that you know that routine just becomes you know it just it becomes a source of serious problems and and so you know now that i'm about to get back into a more normal work routine yeah you know it's that'll help things out a lot but at the same time too it's still not entirely normal because it's still got other things that are happening Right. And so, you have a bunch of people in your life that also have routines and are spontaneous. <laughs> right. And so like that's any number of different things that are going on that are happening. It's like some of it, it's like, okay, well, you know, these are short-term things you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have to, you're going to have to learn how to work around these things in the short term, but then there yeah. are going to be some long-term things. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you're not going to like this, but but like, yeah. this is a routine change. You have to do this. You have to get this going. You have to accept that things, you know, that this is going to change how you do things and you just have to move on from that. And, and so it's like, and then there's that whole, then there's the whole unknown, how long something's going to be changed. Like, yeah. you know, until we get another person, um, to fill the team out again, it's that whole, it's like, 
I have to create, you know, what could be a short-term or a long-term routine until this other person gets it. You know, it could be as simple as, you know, we hired somebody, we hire somebody tomorrow and Mm -hmm. we're going to be, you know, having them start in three weeks. Great. Cool. Wonderful. Wow. It could be something like, you know, this position could sit open for the next six months and we'll be struggling to fill it. And I'm going to have to, you know, create a more long-term routine Agree. Um, in order. And, and it's just about figuring those things out. You know, it's funny. I used to work like 16 hours a day at the printing company because they didn't have anybody else. And I got mad when they would hire somebody and then I would have extra time. Like, hey, you can go home today, Jason. Fuck. you're fucking with my routine you could have given me notice like i hate you right (laughs) so yeah so i mean it's 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 all things that i'm starting to realize and 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 trying to figure out how to best implement and communicate in my life and and the answer is is i keep screwing it up (laughs) but you have good people around you was my point that are willing to hear you i know your partner Mm -hmm. is one of the best so so it's, yeah. And, and so that's, that's definitely going to be, you know, one of those things where things will continue to get better. Um, it's, yeah. you know, definitely just, you know, lots of work left to do mm-hmm. as usual. Yeah. You can't just fall asleep and forget about it all. Yeah. That sucks. I'm sorry. Yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> that's, that's life. And people have it harder, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> They have it more uniquely, more differently, I'll say. Everybody yeah. has some, I mean, when uh, when you have kidney stones, it kind of feels like birth is equivalent, right? <laughs> like a man can't deal with the, the pain of pregnancy until he's get passing kidney stones. And then suddenly, maybe he feels like he could. <laughs> so right. It's all relative, I think. Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody knows that there's no man out there that'd be like, yeah, no, I'll totally get birth no 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 i would never no, i don't no no nobody <laughs> nobody born male would ever do that they would just be like nope not doing that nope wow nope it's just uh nope that's too much guess what hmm. i don't have much pat sajak is taking pictures with marjorie taylor green and people suddenly care for some reason do you uh, who's pat sajak <laughs> <laughs> I like I don't whatever. Yeah. I didn't think so. But I I saw that and I was like, "Huh, I wonder if anybody cares." Um, I can't wait for socialized medicine, Jeffrey. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like Medicare is at least going to get a boost eventually. Uh yeah, eventually. So, maybe Medicare pays for $3,000 worth of $1,500. Then there's a donut hole, then another $1,500. But then you pay, you know, there's this big thing. And Joe Biden says your expenses will never go above 2000 Nobody has $2,000 right now. My problem was all week, I told my roommate, I was like, you know, I could have gone to the hospital for this stuff, for this rib. But I didn't, I couldn't afford the $20,000 bill, you know, because it seems like there's so many scams in the hospital industry and we talk about that all the time, but I had mm-hmm. to solve it myself. All of these problems that I have, I could just go on a conveyor belt and the doctor could be like, Oh, that's an easy fix, but I got to do it myself. And it takes longer to fucking fix my back because I can't afford medicine. So I'd rather wait six months, but then eventually get it for free than get it and have to pay 20 grand. That's yeah. Understand. Yeah. 
Yeah. Understandable. Um, but also fucked. Oh fuck. Because yeah, you're gonna have to help me pay for that. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh Lindsey Graham had a great abortion idea. What do you think? So he wants, uh, he wants the same thing as Roe v. Wade minus five weeks. Pretty much. Um, and I mean, this is something that we talked about too, is, is that you look at other countries around the world, they have much stricter abortion requirements than we do. Ours were actually probably the most liberal. Good, because we're America. They should be. Freedoms reign here. Because <laughs> um, like he put up, you know, Germany, I think is 14 or 15 weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, some places it's 12. Um, it's, I mean, I personally think that, you know, it should be based off of, you know, medical science and not Me too. whatever, you know, politician or religion thinks. Uh, Me too. So there's that. But at the same time, too, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, mm-hmm. one side of the coin has to realize that whether or not you want to agree, there is a life period in the story, you know we judge life on several different scales, you know, the, yeah. the scale of whether or not it's viable outside the womb is really, you know, one of the telltales. And that's kind of, you know, where the line was drawn was, is that we knew that at like 20 to 24 weeks, like it, it wasn't yeah. viable. It could survive on its own after that point. Maybe not well, but it could. not well, but in, in an incubator. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah. And so, and so that's one of those things where it's like, oof, like, it's, yeah, it's not based on science. It's based on poll numbers. What, what are, you know, like whatever those focus groups are. And I don't like that. I don't like that at all. But I think it's so, funny that Lindsey Graham would bring it up because people are just, I told you a couple, a few weeks ago that like, yeah, Democrats are on the upturn and you were like, I don't know. And now Biden's approval ratings are like 12 points up from where they were. <laughs> Well, a lot's a lot's changed in that time. Like, you and I paid to... I paid more in groceries this week than any week so far. Yep, and uh, so it's I don't know, man. Like, mm-hmm. I honestly do think that the Republicans will re- will take the House. I don't think that they'll take the Senate. I yeah. think it'll stay split. Um, so it's it's a mess but that's only because republicans are now moderating from their radical views so they for a general election like they're scrubbing their their websites of mega stuff and abortion stuff and all that stuff to look more normal they're they're somebody said it they're etching sketching their way back to the middle (laughs) that's i think that's probably the most accurate and and adequate uh, explanation of what's happening yeah. Is is that they're literally just like, oh, we're just gonna like take that off and uh, pretend like that didn't exist. And meanwhile, you know, yeah. those people didn't realize that you know the internet does what the internet does, and you know they're posting <laughs> screenshots going, "Yo, is this you?" Yeah, I think that's hilarious. But that the the regular voter doesn't understand any of that. Like ninety percent of the country just doesn't even know when the midterm election would be. You know? Right. <laughs> right. And that's, so. I think that's what makes it interesting is, is that, you know, yeah. you've had, you've had all of this happen, all of yeah. this scrubbing, all of this, you know, message changing, like, you know, what's been something that they've screamed about, you know, from the top of their lungs for the last 20 years, suddenly they're like dead fucking silent uh, on it. 
Yeah, you know, you got Michigan that their Supreme Court just ruled that you know abortion goes to a vote, you know, to protect it, you know, in terms of law. Yeah, yeah. After Kansas, you know, just stunningly did in a lot of ways. Like, you know, I you I would have never picked Kansas as the place that would vote sixty percent in favor of of uh, keeping abortion laws. Yeah, me neither. I I would have never. I, I like that one was not one like. There are other places that I would say, yeah, you probably get a closer split. Like, let's say Florida. Florida would probably have, uh, I would expect Florida to have a 60-40 split. That's you a know, great something question. like that. Because there but, was more, there was more people that voted for on that referendum than actually were Democrats, right? So mm-hmm. it proved that if you combined independents, Democrats, and Republicans, a lot of Republicans voted for that in Kansas. And I mm-hmm. wonder if it wouldn't be the same in Florida. I think right. we're a little stupid here in Florida. We don't want to pay attention. But I think, again, I think your politicians are, they don't want to put it to a vote because they've been campaigning on this thing for God knows right. how long. They don't want it. They don't want to take away that election mailbag thing, you know? Well, they don't, you know, if, because it's been a talking point for so long and suddenly one election has shown that, you know, that talking point may not be a viable talking point. So now they're right. like fucking scrubbing it because, you yeah. know, if Arizona put it to a vote, if uh, Florida put it to a vote, if Texas put it to a vote, if Georgia put it to a vote, if, you yeah. know, Kentucky put it to a vote, you know, you have no idea if, you know, the majority of the population is going to say, you know, no, that needs to be, you know, codified in law right, and protected, you know, they you don't they they don't want to have to actually deal with the fact that a majority of people might actually support you know abortion rights and right. suddenly that talking point you know that they've used as a means of getting donations will be fucking worthless yeah exactly because they can't say the other side is killing babies because well if the other side is the majority and the majority says protect it mm-hmm. it's, you're not going to get it overturned. Right. My, know, wor- if, my worry is that Democrats think they only need two more people in the Senate to get that passed. When I think, uh, they, I think they need 10 to 12, you know? Yes. They need 10 to 12. Number one. And number two, like what they also need the house in order to do that. Yeah. And people are more focused and people aren't focused on the house and, and in that regard, but realistically, like if, if the state, you know, if, if with, if what the feds did was push it to that, to the state in order to decide, then what needed to happen was, is that the states actually needed to put it up for a vote. Yeah. Interesting how states rights doesn't apply to immigration, right? Uh, yeah. Well, <sighs> let each, let each state do what they want to do. Why are you blaming sanctuary cities? Ron DeSantis, they're not blaming you. Like, well, yeah, and that's where you have a unique problem there is that, you know, burden sharing, the, the people aren't arriving at sanctuary cities. They're arriving at these other places that don't want them. And it's like, right. Like I can understand, you know, a level of frustration because you do have that separation of why is it such a big deal? Well, number one, you're not there. Number, number two, why is it such a big deal if, you know, they're getting shipped? Like, there is the grand question. Was a law actually broken? You know, what, did you just... Kidnapping? Trafficking? Trafficking is, is the one that comes to mind. It's, you know, 
is that, you know, was there a federal law that was broken about interstate traffic? Like that's a, that's a real question. And I don't know that there's necessarily a great answer for, you know, I think it's like without having enough knowledge, like it would be one thing if they showed up, got their hearing and then got sent on to the next place. Right. So that way they could, you know, they would be able to notify it's like, Hey, I have a hearing that I would like, you know, rescheduled over here because this is where I'm going to be. But if they're just getting, you know, picked up and then just taken straight to, you know, Massachusetts or Chicago yeah. or what have you, like that's, or New York, that's wild. It DC. is wild. I, I didn't see it as a problem initially in the at its base because basically you're just sending p- people to places that want them. Like if you don't want me in Texas, get me out of Texas, right? And I thought that was great. But then people actually plan their plan like they plan ahead like i got family and suddenly you're in new york you know like people were dumped off in washington but they had family in new york (laughs) yeah i mean like it it was just absolutely wild the way that it was done like i I was honestly i was just like you've got to be kidding me and sending them to kamala harris's house like you know that's political there's no way you're just sending them to somewhere i you know you you literally pick the drop-off spot like right there yeah right that's that's political that's not burden sharing like you could call chicago and say hey guess what a bus is coming your way in a day well no yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it's just it's just political and i don't like it for that using people like that but i do know that the people that are shipped out of florida and texas are way better off you know way better off than they would be just like trying to survive in texas so i mean that's the thing yeah that's the thing uh so what do you think about a housing crash people are looking for millennials are looking for a hot no gen xers i don't know one of those groups is looking for a housing crash so that um they can afford houses again (laughs) um i mean that's there's a grand question going around right now about whether or not there's going to be a housing crash yeah you've got you've got market rates you know refi you know uh market rates for home loans uh-huh sitting at where they were right around the time that the housing market crashed again okay. you know back in 2008 so there is that question of you know has it become unsustainable untenable because if that's the case and suddenly you you know if it goes back to you'll have a bunch of housing upside down and people trying to offload their houses and sell yeah. them so that way i mean it's entirely possible that you'll end up with mortgage rates coming back down again um because the, there would be a housing crash i mean yeah. realistically you know what was it there are th- i think three times as many vacant houses as there are homeless people if i remember correctly wow yeah homes are actually creating anti-homeless home homes because of it i think i just saw that headline i don't know anything more about that but corporations have been buying houses up and then renting them to people and yeah like you said that the rent has become untenable because there isn't any where for them people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars more for a house just to get it from a corporation just to Mm -hmm. beat the corporation so at some point these corporations are going to offload their houses when they see the the bubble you know Right. And so that's, you know, there's a, there's a grand question out there of whether or not this is going to continue to be sustainable. And the answer is probably going to be no. Yeah. No. And that you're going to end up with a bunch of people who are completely upside down on 
you know, their houses, you know, because they'll have bought these things for, you know, insane prices. Yeah. And, and I mean, their only upside is going to be that they were, they bought them at, you know, if they got them at low mortgage rates, then that's going to be fantastic for them. True. You know, that might be their only saving grace, but you're also going to end up with a bunch of people who spent a bunch of money on, on housing that, you know, at peak value who mm. are getting them now at, you know, high rates and suddenly you're going to find out that the value of your house is actually about $200,000 less than what, what, you know, what you're paying, what you paid for it. Balloon mortgages, like, yeah, sliding scale mortgages. These all go up like to lock in a rate. You need a really good credit score, you know, otherwise you're getting one of these weird mortgages that adjusts, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is, is like, you know, when you have a great credit score, you get great rates and that's, that's always the the big benefit. Yeah. But you know, after, after all that's going to be said and done, you know, this is certainly going to hurt a lot of people if this housing bubble does burst. And if it does burst sometime in the next year, you know, but then again, it's like, You've got the quote unquote housing bubble. There's questions about, you know, inflation and how it's affecting, you know, people. You've got, you know, the fuel prices. You know, you know, in 2008, 2009, we saw a fantastic crash in fuel prices at the same time we saw housing crash at oh, the yeah. same time that we saw unemployment, you know, go up. And it's, you know, there's always that question of whether or not, you know, does this mean that the next great recession is at our door? You know, and that's hard to say. We're just trying to soft landing it. And there's signs that we could soft landing it, but I, don't I mean, know. you know, we saw we saw a, a hell of a crash because of the pandemic. But, you know, yeah. once again, that that wasn't necessarily because there was anything fundamentally wrong with the market. You know, unlike right. the housing crash where there was something fundamentally wrong with the market. Now, with the housing market sitting where it's at, the question is, is is there something fundamentally wrong with the market? You know, when you were dealing with the subprime mortgages, it was because people were buying houses that they couldn't afford and banks were signing off on anything. Right. That changed. Now it's corporations and corporations can just offload their stock, write it off and call it a day. And that's, and that's the next great question is, is that is, you know, what you've also seen the rise of vacation rentals too, Mm. you know? you know, people who are buying more housing than they're, you know, adequately utilizing. Yeah. And so these people have mortgages on these places that they're renting out for hundreds or thousands of dollars for a weekend. Yep. And then you have the question of, you know, if there's a housing market crash, does that rental market, you know, that, that Mm. vacation rental market, uh, suddenly fall through because it's not, you know, you have a lot of quote unquote corporations that are just small businesses that are doing right. this. Whereas, you know, fundamentally in the market, you know, corporations themselves might be better able to handle that and better able to handle that loss. But you'll see individuals that not only do they lose their vacation oh, yeah. houses that they've bought, but their actual real property that they live in might also be on the line because of the fact that they've got six different mortgages that they're quote unquote paying on and, and making money on. But they're just at that cutoff point where if people can't afford to go on vacation, they're not going to make any money. And that means that they're upside down, especially yeah. the housing market crash on all of their properties. Yeah. Not to mention if your mortgage goes up and your property value goes down and you're stuck with a house that what you paid 400,000 for, that's worth 120. Right. 
Man, that shit's scary. Fuck, I hate America, Jeffrey. Thanks for that. <laughs> well, that's, it's that fear of the unknown. And, you know, the question, you know, yeah. the, the question that you always have to look at is, is there something fundamental wrong in the market that has to be corrected? Yeah. You know, and, you know, the biggest issue that we're facing right now is, is inflation. You know, things are, you know, the inflation of goods, the inflation of services. And at some point that's all going to crash, you know, that really does. Cause if it doesn't and, and things just keep going at the rate that they're going, it's going to be untenable for everybody. Agreed. But there's always going to be something untenable for everybody. And we're always going to blame that one guy at the top for it. Yep. Wow. Okay. Um, shit. I saw Bill Clinton on TV today and he was talking about gun violence and he was like, so many people are protecting your right to own your gun. Nobody wants to take it away from you. Can't you stand up and protect kids that are dying? And I was like, that's a good point I want to bring up. Like, gun owners seem selfish. <laughs> Everybody's sticking up for them, and they're not they're not standing up for anybody else, you know? I was having this conversation, actually, Where not you? that long ago. Wow. Because I have to, because I always tell people, what do you think an assault weapons ban means? I don't know. There's still billions on the planet. So what does it mean? So what, what exactly? What does it mean? All it means is, is that the you people who the people who are wanting to buy one can't. Buy that doesn't do one. anything about that doesn't do anything about the ones that are already in existence. Right. Now, that that depending on how, if there were any laws, number one, uh, you might not even be able to transfer the ownership of that firearm to anybody. Period. In the story. Oh, so you couldn't even like resell it. No, hmm. because if it's banned, in theory, you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to sell it either. Like right. if you had it, like your possession would be grandfathered in and that's it. Gotcha. So it doesn't do anything about, it doesn't do anything about like what you happen to own and what is already out there. The only thing that it does is stop the brand new sale of. Mm -hmm. So there's that. I'm Number okay one. with that. Let's do that. But number two. Let's do that. Okay. Now I'm going to burst your bubble. <laughs> what, mm. what is the Supreme court leaning? Oh, totally right. Yeah. They're going to give everybody, I mean, they did in New York in the last session. They just said, you don't even need a permit. You can just carry it, conceal carry anytime. So realistically, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, nothing. It's going to be exactly. the hand, hand mails. It's never going to work. Nothing's ever going to happen. But, I, but here's the thing. Is, That's so but funny. Here's the thing. But here's the thing that I, that I constantly remind people of. But let's um, do it. Let's do it. Who does the Second Amendment apply to? Everyone. In so, America. Everyone in America. <laughs> so if you manage to create a ban on assault weapons, who do you think is going to bear the brunt of that ban? people that don't have one already people that don't have one but who do you think is really going to see the effects of it of an assault weapons ban mm -hmm. i don't know well tell, tell me i'm interested who, well let's think about other gun laws who typically is usually charged with the variety of gun crimes uh, that exist okay black and brown people i just i we never go there so it's foreign to me to to do that so, I think I think police officers will benefit though. So so here's here's the reality. Is is that with an assault weapons ban, what that means is number one, 
you know, you have black and brown communities that, you know, are already who are already marginalized are now going to face that additional scrutiny. Sure. Of, sure. Hey, do you have do you have your permit to own that? Right. But no. also too, you know, uh, as I try to remind uh, multiple communities, is is that what community owns the most assault weapons? White people. And who are you most afraid of? White people. So what is your plan to protect yourself <laughs> against that? Against that? Uh, what is your plan? Isolation. And if that's not reasonable? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm different than most. I'm not scared of black and brown people. I'm just scared of everyone. <laughs> well, and, and, but that's the thing is, is like the group of people that has them are never going to give them up. Agreed. Agreed. And, and, and if you think that a ban is going to that was my that's my point i'm sorry that's kind of my point like yes exactly the people that won't give them up are the people that own them but those are the people that are have this infrastructure protecting them and they have the space to be like i'm gonna give up my gun now because i have a 17 year old i'm gonna get it back in the house when he moves out like people need to like stand up for something i'm not saying government i'm not saying community governments i'm saying people as individuals have to identify the problems individually and stand up for something bigger than i get to own this they maybe should see the responsibility of i get to own this except i have a kid that that could use it wrong like i don't want to pay attention to my kid so i'm gonna remove the gun for a while like these common sense moves people do would prevent idiotic laws like assault bans Yes, and that's and that's yes. first. There's been a few things that people have looked at as like safe storage laws, red flag laws. I don't care. I don't care. You know, do, just do it. Like, don't leave your gun under the fucking couch cushion. You know what I mean? There, there are people out there that do that shit, and that's weird to me. Right. That's I, I want people weird. to stand up for something, community safety, so that we don't have these overbearing laws that that fuck everyone. You know? <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing is, is that, you know, if, you know, right now the, you know, the queer community like feels like, you know, they're under assault by the conservative community. Right. And what happens if you feel like you're going to be under physical assault from them as well? Fuck yeah. What are you going to do? Carry what are you going to do? Carry a gun for sure. You know, I've, I, I've, I've been starting to see more posts from, you know, queer people mm. owning assault weapons for that very reason. Well, yeah. Uh, somebody declared war on them. Like, and, and what are you, you going to do about that? You know, and, you know, and, 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 and that's to me, it's, you know, that's one of those things where it's, it's a really interesting, it's a, it's a really interesting thing that it's taking, it's taken this long, you know, for number, a number of people to realize that, yeah. you know, they have the right to defend themselves too. And, yeah. you know, that's just it is, is that there's been some highlights of that. Oh my God, you're different than me. I want to kill you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a ridiculous American thing, <laughs> you know, and that's the thing is like, you know, there's, there's, uh, there was like a, the last pride I, I got to walk around at, there was a group of, there was a group of, uh, I think they're called pink triangle. They're, they're, they're a queer gun club. Cool. You know, um, I don't deny anybody the right to have a gun. I just wish people would use common sense in it. Like what That's, I what did I told oh, somebody, God. instead of hating somebody, go bake a pie because when you're done, you'll have pie. 
<laughs> I hate, mean, realistically, hate to me, it makes no sense. The effort you put in when you could just turn around and ignore the situation. It's not like we're all stuck in a three foot room, a cell together. You know what I mean? It's right. not like you're my cellmate and you're this gay black guy that likes to hump me while going, you're white, I'm black. That's not how America is. We have 50 states. You can turn your back to anything and still have the space to live your life. <laughs> and I don't understand why people would rather they choose to hate. And that scares people. You with mm -hmm. a gun spouting off hate scares people. Well, and that's and the course, thing. That's scary that, to me. And and that's the thing. Like the what what has never made sense to me. Like especially because you know how I grew up. You know we didn't just carry our fucking guns around like the way people do now. <laughs> right? Like that was never that wasn't what you did. Like yeah, sure. You know like farmers and ranchers would have their gun in the back of their truck because uh -huh. you know if you know if you were, had coyote issues, you were going to deal with coyote issues, or if it was uh -huh. hunting season, you might try and get something on the way uh, in, you know, or the way out from the field or something like that. Right. But it was but it wasn't like this whole like march around everywhere with your your you know with your AR strapped to you. Like that's right? that's weird to me. That is or, weird to me. Or I got a gun next to my in my car door in case somebody comes from that direction. In my glove box just in case somebody needs it. I got one behind my seat and I got one in the trunk. You know, it's like people are preparing for all these scenarios of attack what if i'm attacked like this i need a gun specifically for if i'm laying in bed <laughs> i got one in the shower just in case freddie comes shower gun. <laughs> shower gun and it's ridiculous to me have a gun keep it with you protect yourself but don't don't be radically wild about the, your storage uses of it you know well that's and i mean that's you know that's how you end up seeing stories like you know a three-year-old found their you know uh -huh. mom's boyfriend's gun hiding in the couch and shot himself or or shot right. the sister or or shot you know grabbed mom's purse gun that was unsecured and, right. and shot you know mom with it's like there's a number of there's a number of different things that you know like as like as a gun owner you have to think about the way in which you keep and store your weapons like Please. yes you want you want certain things to be accessible at, at the right time mm -hmm. but you also have to have it stored in such a way that you know who is around you know who could potentially access yes. and you you keep these things secured for you know a, a, as much as possible because realistically like when you look at gun deaths the number of gun deaths that happen because of suicide and because of accidents, it's fucking insane. It is. It's, it's, you know, suicide is the number one cause of gun deaths in the country. That's right. And those are the people that used a gun on themselves and not other people. And, and, but unfortunately it's also classified as gun violence. Well, and, and, well and, that's and, what and, I'm and saying. That's something we've talked about it. It's something that we've talked about. I was like, I don't see that as gun violence. I see that as, I see that as suicide right. because violence is usually directed towards somebody else. Well, it's somebody that would use a gun to kill somebody, but decided to kill themselves instead of a bunch of children, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and, and in that I'm regard, sorry. it's like, that's where mental health has to come in. Yes. I just feel like it's the same issue somebody that would attack children in a school or somebody that might shoot themselves because of those same things you know we have to we have to create people that don't want to kill people because i can kill somebody with a fork if i want right you're not going to ban forks but we don't have to make it super easy and we have to make life better for them so they don't want to kill people right and and that's um, the thing is is that
and allow them to die when they want to die. It's there's so much that should be done, and there's so many things that they need to that need to be adjusted, and it's just difficult, uh, you know, to get the kind of changes that you want and that you need, and more difficult than it needs to be. More difficult than it needs to be because we love to oppose. Because we don't want to think about it. We just want to oppose it. Because that looks like we thought about it. Right. Wow. Thanks for being here, Jeffrey. I really do appreciate you. You know, you're always needed and wanted here, by the way. Well, I appreciate being here. It's it's always fun. Yay. I want to say thank you to Bottled Up Bitches and Dan from uh, Epicenter Genomics for be for, for filling in last week they had a we had some great episodes and i really yeah, like we did so yay thank you jeffrey that's it for today let's go All do right. our things now bye everybody <laughs> to those who would tear the world down we will defeat you this is our moment this is our time to those who seek peace and security we support you yes we can and to all Sunday live stream time, YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Stitcher, Smart Radio, Radio, Public, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making.